Hello and welcome to MTG Profits, podcast number 12. In uh, this episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Andy. Hey, everybody. And of course, I'm Devin, and uh, we're going to bring you some Magic the Gathering news and uh, maybe, a, maybe a pick or two toward the end of the episode. Before I get too deep into it, I wanted to mention, uh, for those of you interested in, um, in seeing some of our information, please feel free to check out the website. That's mtgprofits.com. No dash, just all letters, mtgprofits with an F. And um, got some cool information going up there. Andy's been toiling away and uh, really improving the website. Still, still in progress, everybody, so keep checking yeah. back. It's, uh, like I said, it's only going to get better. Uh, so put a little more time and energy into it, you'll, uh, yeah. you'll see some cool things. So keep, yeah. keep, uh, keep, keep checking. I know I like to sometimes just see some of the things in text form and, you know, even things like, oh, what were the picks, you know, and, and I think it's kind of nice that you've got it out there. You know, and that was, you know, some of my thoughts, too, like on some of these other sites where it seems like a lot of people are going more videos. And honestly, if I'm going to a site, I just want to quickly peruse information and, and move on. I, I don't want to yeah. watch a video on something. I don't want to watch an eight minute video about something that I can read in, in you know. A minute. Tops. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, now, of course, uh, all of our listeners need to absolutely make sure that you listen to our entire podcast. Right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> don't don't podcast. skip the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're here right now, so or, you know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, just have us playing in the background and, and just soak it in. Yes. Enjoy Be- the melody that is our voices. <laughs> become one with the MTG prophets. <laughs> we are here for you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and just uh, just <laughs> yeah, check it out. And uh, if you're listening to this too, that it's probably uh, Wednesday. You're Thursday. awesome. Day. Yes, you're awesome. Absolutely. And you're enjoying Thanksgiving, and maybe have some time off. So happy Thanksgiving, and uh, uh, hope you have a, a good time with your your family and friends. Um, that's right. Hopefully uh, playing some Magic. Yeah, use that spare time in the uh, family gathering to, to get together and play some games and board games and, of course, some Magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of Magic, we've got a few few relatively, I think, brief news items. My, uh, my first news item was uh, kind of a little bit of a shocker. I, I follow a few of the YouTubers on Magic, and I'd, I'd say probably... Well, probably most of them, but um, one of the uh, one of the more humorous ones was um, a guy formerly known as MTG Purple. He um, he uh, has more recently been going by the moniker uh, the M- Magic Historian, and he did some lore videos and some funny videos and rants. And he's known for his uh, live streaming. He does tremendous amounts of live streaming, and um, he always has like he does it like twice a week for you know, hours at a, at a time. So he's, uh, he's very plugged into his, um, his user base and his, his listener base. And, uh, he likes to have a lot of interaction. That seems to be his primary drive for, um, producing content. And he, 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 he really is his own man. He produces his own content. He doesn't, uh, pull any punches at all. Um, and, uh, so fine. a lot of his, uh, criticisms are somewhat harsh in some cases, but, Overall, it's it's really quite humorous, and he's been playing Magic for quite some time, uh, since about the time we started playing, uh, Re- Revised Time, and 
it's actually part of his business. He actually helps to run the uh, Magic, uh, the gathering store at his LGS, and uh, he actually lives in Canada. He's a Canadian. Oh. And um, and uh, he's he's gotten so fed up with Magic and uh, Wizards of the Coast's current sort of direction with uh, the problems with their card printing and the problems that they're sort of delivering unto the LGS is that, that um, he's actually going to uh, quit uh, streaming and talking about magic because he doesn't feel like he wants to promote their product and their brand. And um, he's sort of abandoning magic as a YouTube channel and uh, he's rebranding to just his name. And uh, he's also selling his entire collection barring his uh sentimental cards like his cube and some okay. of his first cards ever so um kind of kind of a kind of a sad thing when you see some of the youtubers disappear and especially when it was super passionate about the game that yeah. really grew the game in his local area from scratch from uh you know two players to you know 30 coming in on an fnm mm-hmm. when he's when he when you see these guys getting fed up you're uh, you're in trouble i think yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I guess that, that's bound to happen. That you're gonna have people who are gonna abandon the game. That they're just not gonna like the politics and and business of uh, wizards, and they're just had enough and they're gonna move on. Uh, it's yeah, it's really kind of kind of a sad thing though. You know, when you have this the most passionate player base, and they're the ones that are leaving. I I, I think you're in trouble. You know, it, it seems like wizards seems to be pandering more towards the uh, the investor slash um, you know, the person that's col- maybe the collectors, but not the players. And sure. I, I think that's damaging over time. And I, and I think he feels that too. And I think that's why he wants to leave. Hmm. So, you know, it's well, funny. I don't know. Did you read the story about the, um, gosh, the old guy and not the old guy, but he's probably our age, but he, <laughs> he's an old guy. <laughs> he's an old guy, but, um, he had, um, <laughs> He was uh, running these uh, library FNMs for children. Did you hear this story? No, I don't. Oh man, maybe, this is maybe maybe this is sort of a yeah, kind of a a, a a brutally stupid story, and uh, and you wonder what people are thinking. But um, there was a guy who had a, a very large magic collection, wanted to uh, teach people how to play magic, and um, oh. and uh, try to grow his community, and he hooked up with a guy that. Um, like a comic book shop guy, and he said, hey, you know, these are kind of commingled products in a lot of cases, and we can, you know, grow magic, and you can sell cards, and, you know, I'll run all your events. I'm like a judge, and, and yeah. uh, oh, and to top it off, this guy used to write articles for uh, magicthegathering.com, so he, he's somewhat plugged into Wizards okay. of the Coast, you know, That's so funny. he was an official staff writer for them, wrote several articles that were, you yeah. know, on their primary webpage, and sure. so what was ha- what was happening was they didn't have a large enough play space to uh, be a Wizards Play Network location. So what they did was they they uh, they wrote Wizards for like a special dispensation. Said, hey, our our current physical location doesn't meet your requirements. However, we have a local library, and uh, we would like to hold our events at the library. We have permission from the library to do this, and you know we're going to do this every Friday night. We're going to run it just like a tournament. We're going to use yeah. their physical space, okay. and um, we're going to bring the cards. We're going to have the prize support, and uh, we're going to act as a Wizards Play Network in that location. We just won't be selling cards at that time. We'll sort of pre-sell them. Sure. And um, and what was happening? It was great for the kids. You know, the the, the library loved it. It got kids in the library. Mm-hmm. 
They had no problems. The, the kids were well-behaved. The uh, the guy loved teaching the kids how to play. Oh, and another thing. These are all, like, relatively young children, like 13 and below. So these are, like, you know, youngish kids these coming prime, into the game. Prime uh, audience and a good target yeah, a good market future here. market, you know? Yeah, yeah. The parents of the children were happy with it because they could sort of drop the kids and run and, um, you know, know that the kids would be, you know, busy for a couple of hours a day. And uh, or in this, you know, in the early evening, know that they were being supervised at the library. And um, and and, you know, you've been to some LGSs, you know, like if you're a parent, honestly, you're not going to drop your 11 year old off at some of these places. You know, probably not. I have seen parents do it. And I kind of wonder, you know, a little bit about that. I, I don't feel it's really a safety issue per se but they're kind of in dingy neighborhoods in some cases you know it's like it is a quite a varied crowd and it, it is uh, and I even though a lot of lgs's you know work to make a family-friendly environment i can't imagine myself dropping an 11 my 11 year old off and, and being like see you in two or three hours you know but at the library you're like well cool i'll do that i have i mean i have seen parents come and play in a um you know, an event with their kids there. Oh, that's totally different. Yeah, yeah. I totally think that's e- easily done. But yeah. I don't know about the full-on drop-off the and full leave. The full-on drop-off, you know, for an older kid, you know, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's kind of <laughs> iffy. And I, I agree, though, you know, that even if the environment's kind of safe, like, the behavior of those gamers the is, exactly. is, yeah, debatable. <laughs> exactly. So this was sort of an ideal scenario for both the parents, for the yep. children who wanted to play. You know, the parents were happy to, that the kids weren't playing video games. The library oh, sure. was happy to have them. The guy was happy to teach the kids. And the store made, you know, marginal money from this. You know, sure. it would be like $20 for a pre-release or something. They had prize support for the kids. And they had and they had auto wins for everyone that attended. So every, every kid that played would get like a free booster pack. So nobody felt bad that they were leaving. It was honestly probably like... A, a, a relatively ideal way for young kids to learn magic. So then, what happened was this does this story does sound familiar. Yeah, I think yeah, I you might have read about pictures it. or some some yeah notes about, yeah. So apparently, wizards yanked the store's WPN status because they were not actually the play space, the location providing the play space. Mm. And um, so then the guy said, "Well, what the hell?" So he so he started to he petitioned them and he said, "Hey, I think you've made a mistake." We've already, we've already, you know, you know, written you about why we have this uh, awkward situation, and you've already agreed to, you know, give us the WPN status. And they were like, "Too bad, so sad. We've revoked it, and we're not going to give it back to you." So he then appealed again, and then, <laughs> and then he started talking to people at the company that he had known from his days writing for them. Yeah. And eventually. After like, you know, three letters and and his letters, I read the actual letters were and I wish I had one in front of me. They were very professionally written. Like these were not like rants about like, you will give it to me. You know, it was was very um, well, you know, super, in fact, mellow, I would say. And um, so they eventually did allow that to happen. But it was really only because he knew the right people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but the, the sad state of the situation is if he didn't, the, he would have gotten hosed and Watsi would have just basically destroyed the future of magic for all those youngsters. Wow. You know? So, you know, when you it's read really stories like that, you're sitting here scratching your head. Yeah. yeah. Thinking, you know, what are you thinking, you dummies? 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. It really doesn't. And, uh, but, to, to echo that too, though, the Wizards played. That was that's kind of an old. That was an older kind of uh, uh, creation, wasn't it? The Wizards Play Network stuff. Yeah. Well, it's still critically important because that's how they get uh, prize support. And Mm -hmm. so, for example, being part of the Wizards Play Network gives you the Friday night promos. It gives you the buy a box tops uh, things. It gives you um, some of the free swag that you're supposed to be giving out. So and and historically, being part of the Wizards Play Network got you product at seventy five dollars a box. So that no longer is the case because now you have to get everything through distribution. But um, at the and time, I, it was cool. And I, I guess to add to that story, and I can't remember what the program was called. Maybe it was part of the Wizard Play Network or maybe it was something else. And now this is, this is years ago now, probably, I don't know, at least eight years ago. But uh, I had signed up for something similar where you could get – you got like a little starter kit – of cards and like special kind of promo ones and the idea was you could then designate a location for holding events and that anyone could join and that would be posted i remember that it was like level zero or level one yeah player network and you could be at like like your local clubhouse or yep you could meet at a, a local place and you could you'd open this for you know anyone who would want to play and whatnot but you know, it was exceedingly difficult to actually pull off because, you know, like like in this kind of library situation, it you know, it had all these criteria. Well, it had to be a public place. You had to get, like, written and, or verbal consent by the location. Uh, it, you know, it was a whole bunch of criteria. And, and I had actually tried to, to get that, to get that um, accomplished because I was using – I had a community center that was uh, – you know, I thought it would be an ideal location, but you know what? It just became too much of a hassle to go through the process, and they actually followed up. I didn't think it would be, uh, you know, that much follow-up from Wizards or whoever on their side. But and I had communicated back and forth with them too to to get it to work, and you know, I I, I think I just got tired of the the hassle of it, and I never yeah. really followed through, and I, I just gave up. It was just not worth the it's trouble. Too too cumbersome. Yeah. 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 I mean. But same, you know, kind of case in point to a lesser degree that, you know, you're trying to, you know, set up something to basically promote and foster their own product. And yeah. it's just met with so much resistance. Or yeah, it's, it's like, I'm going to so... spit in your mouth while you're trying to exactly, help me. Exactly. <laughs> it seems like, so just yeah. counterintuitive. <laughs> like, you should make this as easy as possible. But Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so, so anyway, we lost a, a, a relatively popular mid-tier magic YouTuber this week. So he's talking, uh, he's talking about uh, Force of Will is his is his game now, and um, also uh, KeyForge, which uh, brings us to I think your your piece of news. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring up too. There's been it seems to me like a lot of news lately in other card game in the, in the collectible card game and digital card game world. I guess those markets are. Somewhat kind of fusing a little bit, or, or at least becoming a little more jumbled. Um, it just seems that there's been a lot of influx of, of card games lately. And, um, you know, some that I've noticed uh, lately, and, you know, certainly would love to hear comments on all these from anyone out there. Um, just coming out now, there's Artifact, 
which is a DOTA card game. And this is actually was created by Richard Garfield, if you know the creator of Magic the Gathering. So, you know, got a big name behind it. And this one is is basically it's, a, it's an all digital card game, and it's it's free. Um, I think this is. A, oh, is it free? I thought it was free like one? twenty I bucks take that I think back. for the artifact. I think, I think yeah, I think I take that back. This one is not a free one. Um, uh, but it's you know if you've heard of DOTA, this is kind of the card game version of it, where you have lanes of. Uh, you know, creeps and and heroes that you're fighting against with ultimately trying to to take out the um, what they call it a uh, the tower the world tree or whatever yeah, yeah the towers that you need to um, and it's you know it's different you know as far as what you different creatures the cast and spells you can use and you have like different basically commanders that you use as well uh, and there's actually a, a shopping phase as part of the game too. Uh, where you can buy equipment and things. Um, this game is actually going to be officially released November 28th, and you can buy that on Steam. Um, so, you know, who knows? Maybe that'll be okay. I I, uh, I don't know. It seems to me like it, it, playing DOTA is probably more fun just playing DOTA instead of a card game version of it. But Yeah, I, I, think, I think they're probably just using that as a... Um... You know, to, to have a, they already have a fan base for the game, so they figure, hey, yeah. we can, we can bring some new players that maybe don't play cards, and, and I think the three lanes actually is probably not a bad mechanic in a card game. Like, I actually think that could be viable. Like, if you've got like a base, which would be yourself, and you sure. have three ways to protect yourself, and they could, they could grind all the way through one lane, or they could try to split their force. I think that actually could have some fun sort of strategic elements to it yeah maybe yeah. I, I i don't know i don't know how well that all translates into game it does seem very gimmicky to me uh yeah, i don't know and definitely i don't think i don't know if you could really pull that up in, in anything except the digital format uh, yeah maybe but i guess that i guess that is like a shopping phase and and you know creeps that randomly spawn and all this sort of stuff you're, you're not gonna true, true. another way it'd so. be too cumbersome and I, I have no idea about the the collection aspect of it and, and how that works but uh, i guess we'll we'll find out so yeah we'll see what happens like for that um another game coming out too uh actually this one's been out and i i think you you've started to play this one right eternal the card you game? know i did i i started playing it i installed it it was a free one it was also available on steam and i had heard and read good things about it and um and so I, so I thought, well, you know what? It's free. You know, let me take a look. Let me check it out. And um, it's like one of these free-to-play things. And um, <clears throat> it has uh, mostly positive reviews. And, uh, sure. So I thought, well, you know, let me try it. And uh, and I started playing it, and um, it seems and looks very, very much like Hearthstone. Um, it, 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 yeah, it, it I guess felt, it has one of those Hearthstone uh, mana mechanics, right? I believe so, and and but even the look and feel of it, very Hearthstone esque. Yeah. Um, so, and I actually was frustrated by the um, the in, the, the uh, introduction, and I wanted to just fast forward and get to the game, and it like forced me to play like I don't know, like three games that were miserable, and I was like, oh. And then by the time I was finished, I, I kind of honestly gave up on it. But yeah. um, uh, I, I could see it being, you know, 
I don't know. I, I, it seems it it seemed like another Hearthstone type thing to me. Yeah. Maybe apparently, it's like Hearthstone with more strategy, deeper interaction. That's one of the bad. That's one of the weaknesses of Hearthstone. There's very little interaction, uh, not on your turn. There's no sure. nothing that happens not on your turn other than their weird trap cards or whatever. You know. Yeah. When, yep. you, when you think of cards mailing. So this game mail. is it's free to play. You can download it on Steam and grab it. It's been out for about two years now. It came out November eighteenth, twenty sixteen. Um so check it out if you want. Uh I I have it but I haven't tried it. Um to tie it back to Magic too, this game was created by several uh Magic Hall of Famers. So uh I guess the L S V and the Patrick Chapman as well as some others. Oh, uh, really? The LSV? I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Conley Woods, Patrick Sullivan, and Josh Utter Layton. Hmm. Um, so that, that seems to be a common theme that a lot of these, um, you know, magic tournament players and, and other uh, uh, figures have, you know, gone to create other card games. and. Yeah, you know, I guess they figure like they could do it better. better. Yeah. Oh, like uh, I don't. You probably you probably played it. Um, uh, Ascension. Came out, yeah, yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. Chronicles of the God Slayer yeah. I think was the first one. Uh, yeah. But that was by a professional magic player, uh, Justin Gary, uh, and uh, that kind of had, a low-level professional magic player, I think. That, that could be. Yeah. Um, but but that still. spawned numerous. Um, uh, what do you call it? Expansions. Uh, uh, honestly, I never felt the game was that great. Uh, it's okay. It was a little, it was a little weak. Also, yeah. very low on the interactions. Very luck-based game, I, I felt, and uh, the art uh, was honestly awful, in my opinion. I, you well. know, I, I say exactly the same thing. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen art that that was that, that bad. <laughs> it's just they have the same eyes bleed like, because it's just, oh god, really bad art. You know, you're you're sitting here thinking, wow, they paid one guy like, you know. 10 bucks to to paint all these cards probably and it, oh. there's just so bad it the art style is so horrible. bad and it's all uniformly bad it's not like magic where you have some good ones and some bad ones it's it's all terrible that oh, it is just hideous it's really almost hard to play you know when it comes to deck builders <laughs> exactly I really like you know even like star realms and those kinds of games there's, are a yeah, lot better much better than that although just but in fairness it is a a pretty easy game and uh exactly. you, know, you can pick it up pretty quick and then play and you can play with four people i think is base and you can add other sets to play with more and yeah uh, i don't know it's it's uh, there's other games to try first before that one. <laughs> I'll say yeah, that. For sure. yeah. Um, what was the other one? There was there, the Keyforge, I think. Was so like the Keyforge, yeah, yeah, that's the other new one. That's uh, it. Actually, I guess was released officially. I guess you could get it officially yesterday. I think was the actual I believe release. Believe so. Thing. Yep. Yeah, so you could get that. And this is another new card game. Once again, hey, it's uh. Richard Garfield to the rescue here. He's been busy. He's been a busy boy. Yeah, he's ready to, to make some more bucks here. Yeah. One of these card games is going to... is gonna <laughs> Make him his big. millions. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm sure he's regretting his, his sellout to Watsy decades yeah. ago. He's probably doing okay, though. <laughs> I don't know. I think they probably gave him, like, 50 grand for the game. It wouldn't surprise well, I mean, me. I mean, not necessarily with Magic, but besides the other games that he's spawned as well. Oh, true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's probably doing all right. So, Keyforge just released. This is another unique deck-building game. Well, I, actually, I shouldn't say deck-building. I, I should yeah. say collectible maybe. card game, maybe. More like... Yeah, even maybe more like just card game. Yeah, maybe just card game is the best. This is a unique deck game by Richard Garfield. Uh, So this is another, you know, it's a a dueling type game. And the the unique feature of this game is that the decks themselves are unique. You get one unique deck to play with, with a set list of cards, and you play with just that deck. There's no modifications or anything else. You play with that, uh, I think it's a 37-card deck. Yep. Um, that is your deck. And, you, and that's it. You yep. don't know, you need to buy boosters and all this kind of stuff. You just play. Yeah. That's uh, right. So Curious. Curious. Each deck is unique. It has a unique set of cards. It has a unique name. And uh, they draw from the same pool of 300 cards. And, yep. um it's Interesting. Well, we'll see how it goes. I, I've, yeah. I've read, I've, I've heard good things, and... Uh, I haven't played it, but um, I've heard people seem to like it, so we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely I'll give it a try and see. Uh, the 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 funny news item about that deck, we were talking about it that game, we were, we were talking about it before, and they uh, they um, actually produced a bunch of these decks and released them. I think this was all prior to the official release. Prior to the release, yeah. And they realized it as the cards were going out. As they were going out, another unique feature was that they, I guess the names of the cards or the names of the decks? The names, the names of, the of the decks are all uh, randomly computer generated. Yep. So they unfortunately Which had sounds, a few... Oh, well, that would be, that'd be kind of fun, you know? It's a, totally unique. Well, that's true, but <laughs> someone did not really think this all the way through, and they should have come up with a much better library or algorithm for uh, creating those decks names, which resulted in numerous semi-offensive names, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, was not going to go over well with the, your your audience. Yeah, some of those are funny. I, I think, uh, what did you find when it said something like Jessica who rides the bone or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jessica were, the bone rider. Yeah, it was, um... Uh, oh, gosh. Some really unfortunate <laughs> deck names that came out with this thing, thanks to its uh, random nature. It's um, funny too. I think they they tried to they smartly are trying to re- remedy that by uh, the ones that did get out. Um, they have a a QR code on the deck that um, is what you use to to um, uh, use your deck in a tournament. You have to mo- you have to scan your QR code to enter a tournament. And it'll tell you if your deck is one of these unfortunately named decks. And uh, if you have one of these decks, they will send you two replacement decks for free. And uh, but you have to send them the other ones. So uh, I actually I would actually bet money that the ones that have the funny unfortunate names are probably actually going to be worth some money. You're you're probably right. You're probably yeah. It was so, General Bone Rider Colt. It was the <laughs> one name. The Bone Rider. Uh, and then these other ones are just kind of silly, like the villain that digs up porridge. And uh, yeah. Cliffmon, the Oregon scholar of the forest, uh, <laughs> or the survivor who grimaces at politics. Uh, they just yeah, seem just kind weird. Of weird, and I don't know. I had seen one earlier about something that that hates the blacks or something. Yeah, there like was that. another. Yeah, there was some racially charged Bad ones too. Yeah. 
I think that's what got their attention. And they were like, whoa, we, how did this get out here? Exactly. So, <laughs> God, and, funny. And uh, the one other one, too, this one hasn't come out yet, but it's going to, has been announced as coming, I think, early next year. Is uh, I don't know if you read the, the article, Dev, about the um, new card game from some of the uh, ex-Blizzard uh, developers. Uh, it's an online collectible card game called Mythgard. Oh no, I haven't read anything about that. Uh, once again, you know this 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 uh, ta- this uh, description seems like it fits pretty much any game. Where Mythgard is described as a vast world where ancient beings, mythological creatures, and mortals all battle for control using both magic and technology. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you know, I predict like maybe one of these games will be alive in two years. Yeah. You know, maybe one. (laughs) So we'll we'll have to see. I say the art does look pretty good on this game. I, I, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to see yet, but this will, um, you know, be coming up early next year. I think it's going to have 330 unique cards. Um, lots of freedom in your deck making a couple other unique features. It's going to have a two V two multiplayer mode, which is kind of cool. cool. Yeah, um, kind of like that. Yeah, oh, it's supposed to be we're doing closed beta January 2019. So, okay. Um, It'll be, be curious. Uh, of the new things, I am probably the most curious about the Keyforge. See how that yeah, goes. Agreed, agreed. I think yeah. that one sounds the best. I mean, do you think, though, that all these different card games are going to have any impact on Magic? You know, I really don't know. I, I think the only thing that's really going to have the impact on Magic is whether or not Watsi continues to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Excuse me. I think, like, realistically, that's probably what's going to impact Magic more sure. than any of these uh, third parties. You know. Well, I, I would almost really... like I would almost like the third parties to draw off a substantial amount of people buying Magic products so yeah. that we, maybe Wizards gets their head out of their ass and straightens straightens up. Well, you know, yeah. that's, you know, they say too that you know comp- competition actually you know makes things better and exactly. you know, promotes some change and whatnot. And I don't know, is it fair to say that Wizards has really held the top spot on the the car- collectible card game market? I believe so. I think it's um, Magic, then Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh, and um, the fourth one, the fourth, fifth, and sixth always tends to sort of fluctuate a little bit. I want to say it's Dragon Ball Super. Um, Force of Will, Star Wars Destiny, um, Buddy Fight, I believe, and maybe <laughs> Card Fight Vanguard or something. The, okay. the, the, those slots, they, 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 they are in flux a lot more. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's always been up there. The Magic's been... Uh, and and the, you know what it is? I think they've been riding too high on the horse for too long. And yeah. They I think they take the user base for granted. Yeah. You know, so... I, you know, it, it, and they seem to be making cards for investors and collectors, but not really making cards for players. Sure. You know, not not really. I mean, when was the last time you thought like, wow, there's a cool mechanic or there's a really fun card? You know. Yeah. It's like a lot of the best cards are being reprinted in the master sets, but because they're not printing anything cool and new. Exactly. You know, it's like oh. You know, you know it it makes me kind of think that this is almost like The Simpsons, where The Simpsons was The Simpsons was a great uh, cartoon. Yeah. And it came out in 89, I think it was. And uh, it was, you know, the longest running, uh, I think it's the longest running TV show at this point. Of all time, I'm probably. Yeah, at all time. 
And yeah, it was great at the beginning, and it was great for quite a while, and then yeah. it slowly kind of went downhill. But you always still stick with it because it still has that nostalgia yeah. and and familiarity, and uh, you know, it's still it's still is good every now and then. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. same thing like with lizards. I, I think you're right. I think it's a pretty, pretty appropriate analogy. Realistically, it's, it's a lot like that. It's like something that started out great, and you know, just isn't, and they're just riding on their laurels now. And uh, and uh, but you know, wizards is really trying to milk it hard, though. Yep. You know, it's like they are trying to suckle that teat that's long Big dried time. up. Big so time. they need to, um, you know. Find I think, some it's, new I think it's, it's only going to get harder for them too. I mean, I think the the digital space. Is the is the next big war ground, and they're way behind in that. You know, I, I think they are a bit behind. I, I think they they could catch up with appropriate. You know, I, I think they're trying hard with arena. I think they could seal their fate and make the game great by allowing trading and cross platform support. Sure. I don't know why they don't do those basic things. You know, they want to make all the money that Hearthstone does. They want yeah. those those whales to just buy those packs, you know. Mm-hmm. But, man, if they allowed it to be an open system, you know, with open trading, I, I think that would be healthier and, and draw a lot more people in and get a lot more people involved. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think I think you got to loosen the reins a little bit. And, you know, you, you're going to have to free up some of these options and do it. Even at a cost of some money, but it, I think the long run, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I don't know. We'll see what they do, but I, yeah. I would not hold my breath. No, agreed, agreed. Arena is just maybe a good first step, but too late yeah. at this point. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think it's probably about time for us to move on to our, our picks here, I think. Yeah, I guess one quick uh, mention as we were talking about Arena, they did release Challenge Mode on Arena this past week. It came out Thursday, uh, the yes, 15th. I would say limited form. In a limited form. You can yeah. challenge other players. You have to know their ID in order to do it and make sure you type it exactly as it is. Uh, yep, caps, uh, caps, capitals matter. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's it does work. Sensitive. You can yep. play against somebody. Um the funny thing is, like, when you try to challenge someone, it does not show the challenging player that you have, that they have been challenged. There's no way for the other person to know. You essentially have to challenge each other essentially simultaneously. There's no buddy system. There's no friend mode. You don't know when your friends are online. Even when you challenge your friend, the friend doesn't get a notification saying, you are being challenged. It just sits there. And you have to manually challenge each other at the same time. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, that is really... You know, I mean, it's not like most games where you have a buddy list or, or even any game where you, at least if I challenged you to a duel, something would pop up on your screen saying... Or you have challenged a, you. some sort of lobby mode where you're in a lobby yeah. to, to, to play or you create a private lobby where you could join and then you start a game. Or, exactly. There's a lot of options there, but... They've yeah, this none is... None of those things. This feels really just... It feels like playing TA back in 1993 when we had to type in the IP address to find yeah, each other. Yeah, very. It's a very crude way of doing it. Yeah, it's like pre, pre StarCraft One. Exactly, <laughs> and I, I think these notions of you know and and uh, techniques of doing this, these matching and game creation, and everything, and 
player versus player and and, and uh, game lobbies and all of that. I mean, this is nothing new. It's been around forever, you know, in different forms. And I think we take it all for granted that that's just a, a part of the game. But and you yeah. know what? Some of these things should be taken for granted. That should be automatic. I, I agree. I yeah. agree. It's not really a. That's not your fault that you're taking basic basic things for granted. That's Wizards' fault for not building it into their game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. All I can say is I, I hope it improves. I'm glad it's there. Let's let's you know yeah, we'll make take it what better. we can. <laughs> yeah, take what we can. Do it soon too. <laughs> exactly. But you're right. You're right. So Absolutely. um, so onto some some picks. I think we each got maybe one pick this week. Yeah, yeah, I've got, um, I have kind of a fun pick this week. I, I consider it um, maybe not a very high investable pick, but I think, I don't think you can lose with it. I think it's going to go up over time. And uh, it's definitely a card I've been enjoying, and uh, I've actually been enjoying it online. And it's an M19 rare. It's called uh, Goreclaw the Terror of Calcisma. And uh, it's a legendary bear. It's a fourth, it's four mana, uh, four three creature. And once it's in play, it says creature spells you cast with power four or greater cost two less. So he's a cost reducer for any any kind of creature. It doesn't have to be a bear or a dragon or a dinosaur. He reduces costs of any creature power four or greater. In addition, whenever he attacks, each creature you control with power four or greater, including himself, gets a plus one, plus one, and trample till end of turn. So he's a four mana, four, three, but on the attack... He's a four mana five three trampler that gives all your beasts tra- or not beasts but all your four all your four five, power creatures uh, yeah. a five four trampler go, yeah, yeah five four trampler you're right I misspoke yeah and uh, yeah plus one plus one and trample and uh, so right now he's sitting at seventy one cents and um, this I think this is a four of in any kind of like you know mono green ramp style deck where you're trying to get yeah. big fatties out. He he reduces the cost of any of your fatties, and uh, he himself, a four mana four three or a four mana five four when attacking with trample, can't go wrong with that for really four, for great. one green and three colorless. Man, so he, he's doing three great things. He himself is a beast. Yeah. <laughs> like he's reducing all your big beasts, and he's also giving them a pretty hefty bonus. I would say of both the plus one plus one and trample. Yeah, can't go wrong That's with this guy. Wow. Yeah. Doing a lot for you. He's on curve. He's, he's powerful for what he is. And, uh, yeah, he's doing a lot for you. 71 cents right now on TCG Player. So Damn. go on, grab a play set and play with him. He's a fun one. Yeah, that's definitely a fun card. It, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised it hasn't made it into any, you know, tournament decks. And you know, you got Sometimes these things just need to find a home. Yeah. But. I think this one has uh, casual p- appeal as well. A lot of times, even if you don't find something that's like tournament worthy, if these things have casual appeal, they'll hold their value and slowly grow over time. Sure. And I, I think this is probably our very first legendary bear. Probably. <laughs> Never right? had a, another legendary yeah. bear. Yeah, they don't typically uh, rise to the level of legendary. We've had a lot of bears, and I think yeah. it's always a, it's always what it's. You know, the bear has become a, almost a term now for, like, a... 2-2 two, two two vanilla two creature. Yeah, 2-2 yeah, two, two vanilla creature. So that's it's funny. Fun. Yeah, that's true. That's, you're exactly right. 2-2 two, two bears. Yeah, the 2-2 two, two bears. I, I guess, likewise, I, I don't have um, maybe... 
a pick maybe that's maybe as fun as that one, but um, this is something just kind of thinking more now about uh, the next set, and we've talked a little bit more, and we'll have another episode, I think, maybe devoted fully on our analysis of this, but um, following the Guilds of Ravnica, uh, yeah, Guilds of Ravnica, and we still have some other guilds that were left to come out, and one of those is the Azorius, the Blue-White Guild, and one card you might want to consider picking up for that is Azor, the Lawbringer. It's from uh, Rivals of Ixalan. This is a legendary creature. Two colorless, two white, two blue for 6-6 six, six flyer. This is the Sphinx. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, each opponent can't cast instant or sorcery spells during the player's next turn. And then you can pay to gain X life and X draw X cards. Uh He's a little pricier right now. He's probably uh, he's less than two dollars. He's maybe. And he's a mythic rare as well. He's so. a mythic rare. Uh, he he did hit a high of about ten dollars and uh, way back. Oh my! Beginning of the year, now he, he dropped way down. Uh, but he is in blue white. He's a, a pretty strong flyer. Um, so you know, I think he has some possible possible potentiality here for the next set. Uh, I could definitely see him hitting maybe $3 or so. Yeah, I think if he finds a, a home as, like, a finisher in uh, in some kind of, uh, like, Azor st- or uh, Azorius style. Exactly, exactly. You know, I think he uh, could. Another uh, Sphinx. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that has potential, especially with the upcoming colors. You know what? We're definitely going to have to dedicate an entire episode to the upcoming set. Uh, absolutely. Because we'll I think there's, uh, there's money to be made that. there. Yeah. 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 Very good. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, good. so two picks this week. We had the Gloraclaw and Azor the Lawbringer. So Excellent. check those out. Go pick up some copies and stick them in your binder. Very good. Also, uh, check out our website. Check out the we... website, MTG Profits. And remember, new episodes. We'll always have those up and ready for you every Thursday. So, you know, check that out. Um you know, throw some comments out there. You can put comments on the SoundCloud. We we'll, we'll check it out there if you have any. Love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Any any wants, desires, you know, and anything you guys are interested in, we're we're uh, interested in uh, in in your input. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you can check out the YouTube version of this as well. Just go to YouTube and type in MTG Profits. You'll find the, the YouTube version of this podcast that you can listen to. Excellent. So so have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and we'll be talking to you soon. So may your picks always be profitable. Take it easy.